Hey guys, and welcome back to Call Her Doctor, a podcast for STEM students interested in pursuing advanced degrees. I'm Madison, a former pre-med, starting my medical degree in July of 2020. And I'm Natalie, a first-year PhD student in electrical engineering. Be sure to check out our previous episodes and subscribe so you never miss another. Hey guys, welcome back to Call Her Doctor. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome, the various types, and how it has affected us throughout our academic lives and also how we have started to learn to get past it. We'll also talk a little bit about something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, And what we're going to focus on in this episode is not so much of what these are or how to get over them. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we're also going to really focus on how our knowledge of these has, um, you know, helped us sort of as we've gone through school. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have experienced imposter syndrome at some point. I read a statistic that said that up to 70% of people have experienced some form of imposter syndrome at some point in their life, even if it's not like a consistent feeling that they have. Um, So there are a few different ways to define imposter syndrome. um, And here are some of the ones that we found. Um, So the first one is believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. It's also defined as a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud um, or the feeling that you haven't earned your success, that you simply got lucky um, or that you're a fraud or imposter around people who actually earned it. Um, So there are a few people who are more likely to experience imposter syndrome um, compared to others, and those include women, people of color, and first-generation students who all tend to be minorities in most of the things that they do. Yeah. So this is something that I think, I know I've recently experienced this a lot with just starting a new program and being sort of surrounded immediately by people who are more experienced than I am and sort of feeling like, how did I get into this program? How did I get into this group? And I'm sure, you know, Maddie, as you start medical school and everything, it'll be kind of similar where you're just starting off in a new thing and surrounded by really smart people. And I think the biggest part of this that speaks to me is that fear of being exposed as a fraud. I think that's sort of the way that it presents itself to me a lot. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But um, something that if you're not super aware of imposter syndrome or haven't really read anything about it, we would definitely suggest learning as much as you can about it so that you're able to recognize it for what it is when it happens. Yeah. Um, I also read that there tends to be an overlap between people who experience more like consistent imposter syndrome um, in like in certain situations and people who have social anxiety. So again, that's not to say that everyone who has imposter syndrome has social anxiety or vice versa, but there is a significant overlap. Um, So if you are feeling if you tend to feel very uncomfortable um, in certain kind of like social situations, it might not be that you have social anxiety, you know, specifically, it might also be tied to a feeling of, you know, imposter syndrome. So that's Mm -hmm. something also to look into. Yeah, definitely. So there's a couple different types of imposter syndrome as well. Um, And as we were doing a little bit more research, we found that sort of with each of these, there's also some advice that, is more specific to the type of imposter syndrome that you're experiencing. So the first one is perfectionist, which if you've listened to our personalities type episode, I'm sure, Maddie, this is something (laughs) you experience being more of a perfectionist. Um, 
And that's essentially you're measuring your competence by your ability to reach near impossible goals. Um, and the advice for this type of imposter syndrome is giving yourself credit where credit is due. And so I think we can probably both speak to this, but just that feeling of like, well, doing good enough isn't good enough. It mm -hmm. has to be a near impossible goal. And like taking a step back and recognizing like, oh, no, I'm actually, you know, in grad school and I'm doing well and things are going well. And even though I'm not like totally knocking it out of the park and blowing everyone's expectations out of the water and like a super genius, it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> like I still, you know, you got to stop and give yourself credit where it's due. Yeah, no, I think one of my things in college, I consistently have this goal whenever I would take not for every single class like I, I knew when it was unreasonable but um in classes that I was you know already performing fairly well in or like felt like I could perform really well in I would go into every exam with the goal of getting a 100 on a test which like I mean anyone who's in I mean that the chances of that happening are just slim like you could know everything in and out you could have done all the studying and like there is still very likely something that could just trip you up or you could make a mistake just like the chances of getting like straight 100s are just very very slim and you know I'd get my grade back and say it would be like a 94 I would be so upset but it's like hey you're in like a 400 level biology class and you got an A on this exam like calm down like you're good it's fine <laughs> Um, so that's something that I think both of us definitely struggle with. Um, the second type of imposter syndrome is called the superman or superwoman type. And this is someone who tends to measure their competence against their colleagues, um, which drives them to work harder. So this is someone who feels like everyone else around them is super competent and they have to put in an extra effort to kind of reach the level that everyone else is at. So like, say you are meeting with your study group, you finish up everyone's kind of you know you everyone thinks everyone else is good you're the person that would stay in the library for an extra few hours and be like okay no like I like they're definitely so much smarter than me like I have to keep working um so the advice for this one is to stop looking for validation from others um and stop comparing yourself to others and think about okay like what I guess kind of like find the value in yourself rather than looking for it in everyone else which yeah is the same thing as looking for stop looking for validation in others anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is one where I feel like I don't experience this as much because I'm just so aware of the fact that the people I work with currently are like at least two years ahead of where I am um, and a lot of them are a lot further ahead than that so I feel like this isn't one that I struggle with as much but this third one um which is the natural genius I think this is the one that I struggle with mm -hmm. the most so the natural genius you measure your competence based on how easily things are for you so for me I think this is like how easily I learn or like grasp a subject and I think this is the biggest one I suffer from it's like if I'm not picking up on a concept quickly like if you want to be a genius, you aren't supposed to have to work that hard to learn something. And I'm like, oh, man, if I have to study, it's because I'm not mm -hmm. <laughs> smart enough, you know. Um, and so the advice for this type is to acknowledge that you can be great at everything. Um, and that, it, you know, I think basically that it doesn't have to be something that comes super, super easy to you in order for you to be really, really good at it. Yeah, I think this one first hit me. I feel like this was like... Um, in high school like early in high school and 
that was like the first time I really struggled in school. I was taking algebra two and the first, my school for some reason was on like trimesters instead of semesters, whatever. Um, but that first trimester that we had, like it sent me, like it was so bad. It was so rough. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure I didn't pass the first trimester of algebra two. Um, and I, and I think it's because I wasn't used to having to put in that effort. So I didn't. And I was like, okay, well, if, if I don't get it without the effort, then like, I'm just bad at it. Like, that's it. That's I'm done. And it's, I had to learn, like, you can be good at something and you can put in the effort to something. And like, in fact, you actually might have to start putting in effort to things if you want to be good at things, because like, you know, you're past the point where like things, I guess, are necessarily like easily in any field, whether that's like school or athletics or, you know, your job, like yeah, at that point in time, I was like, okay, things are no longer going to be easy for you. Like, you know, your natural talents, like can only get you so far. Yeah. So definitely. And then the last two are the soloist, which is someone who feels shame in asking for help. Um, and I think we'll get more into that in a minute, but that's something that I definitely struggle with. Um, and then the expert who measures their competence based on how much they know um, or can do. Yeah. I feel like the soloist is one that it, I think that's just one like you have to get past with experience right like mm -hmm. I think I, I honestly didn't feel great asking anyone for help up through like sophomore year of college like I thought that if I went to my professor's office hours that meant I was dumb because I couldn't pick it up on my own or by you know watching YouTube videos on the topic or just like reading the textbook again mm -hmm. um, and then you start talking to people and you realize how many other people are going to office hours and like it's not just you that needs the help um, and that it's okay to need help. <laughs> like, yeah. again, it's one of those, like it ties back to like, you can't be good at everything. You can't know everything. Um, so if mm -hmm. you want to get good at something or if you want to know more about it, you have to reach out to other sources. And sometimes that source can be another person. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this ties in so closely to like the biggest way that imposter syndrome manifests itself, like for me personally, um, and this sort of ties back to that, like, that pattern and the fear of being exposed as a fraud. I think, especially with starting grad school, like the work that my group does is not work that I've ever done before. But I, for some reason, was convinced that I should know how to do it coming in. Um, and I think there was just the sense of like, well, if I ask the question and let them know that I don't do this, they're going to find out that I don't actually belong in this group. Like, that I, through my outreach work and student leadership, snuck my way into this highly technical group, which is, like, not the, you know, that's, I'm there for multiple reasons, and it's, you know, my technical skills are part of it, but, um, yeah, just the fear of, like, oh, I shouldn't ask that question because they're going to find out that I don't know as much as they think I know, mm -hmm. um, or I don't know as much as I'm supposed to know to even be a part of this group. And just being aware that that's imposter syndrome and not reality has been like one of the most useful things that I found since I started grad school. Yeah. Um, I think like, especially with the other one, I feel like they, those kind of like tie into each other because it's, you know, the expert one is defined as like you measuring com your competence based on how much you know. And it's like mm -hmm. with the soloist, it's like, you don't want to ask the question because you feel like you're not competent because you don't know the answer to things. 
Yeah. And so like, I feel like for me, one of those things that I do, I guess, kind of with experiencing both of those is that I would try to learn absolutely everything about everything, which is still something I do, but I think now it more so stems from a curiosity about everything rather than like a need to like prove that I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you never, I feel like it's one of those things where you never want to be faced with the question of like, where someone like asks you about something and you have to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's one of those things where like, if you're going to go ahead and ask someone for help, you feel like you have to know everything that you possibly can before even bothering asking them for help to like prove that you know everything else. And yeah. the question that you're asking them, that's that's just the one thing that I don't know, but I do know everything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like those two really kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, it's taken definitely like conscious work. And I don't know, Maddie, if you would agree with this, but it's like, I have to hear, like my advisor is really good about, he's like, I don't care where you're at currently, but you need to ask questions so that I can know where you're at and we can help you fill the gaps. Cause like, obviously if they don't know that I don't know, then they, they can't teach me, you know, what you don't know where my gaps are. Um, and so that's been something where it's like, I've had to hear it. 8,000 times before I could even begin to try and implement it and lose that fear of asking questions and being found out as a fraud. And it's still, it's like every time I think to myself like, oh, well, no, I shouldn't ask that. That's stupid. I have to like consciously say to myself like, okay, that's the imposter syndrome. I'm not supposed to know everything. So I think, yeah, it's definitely like an ongoing process. And that's another thing where I'm just like so glad that I'm aware of what imposter syndrome is. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helped me with that especially like kind of the soloist part of like feeling afraid of asking for help is having people around you which like there's no guarantee that you will but chances are you will having someone around that's like hey ask me questions if you need anything and they you can tell they're genuine and they truly mean it um I found like that was the like the first way that I started getting past that of like being afraid because I was like okay if they're offering to answer my questions like they obviously don't like they aren't they aren't going to think I'm stupid if I come with these questions Uh, yeah yeah yeah. or find the person who's like gone through your experience most recently because they probably remember what that feels like to Mm -hmm. not know the answers to everything yeah um so there are a few ways that you can I guess we started talking about ways that you can try to get like past Mm -hmm. the feelings of imposter syndrome though honestly they probably aren't ever going to go away in their entirety um I think again to an extent like we're all going to feel it at some point in time um but here are a couple ways to get past it that have worked for me um I'm sure they've probably worked for you too Natalie I feel like they just kind of in general work for people but um one of them is to assess your ability so when you start doubting yourself rather than thinking about everything that you don't know or that you can't do think about the things that you do know and that you can do um, and sometimes this literally takes making a physical list of everything, you know, like when I start doubting my knowledge, I literally walk myself through my entire undergrad career and I'm like, you did well in all of these classes. Like this is the like intense information that you were learning. You spent all of this time in your research lab. Like, you know how to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, why are you doubting yourself now? Like, sure. There are things you don't know, but here's everything you, you do know and that you did accomplish. Um, another one is to think about others that are in the same situation as you so like for me 
I'm starting to get a little bit more anxious about med school starting next month. And I'm like, what if everyone is smarter than me? And it's like, first of all, I remind myself, I'm like, look, you went to UNC Chapel Hill, like, dude, like, you're good. Like, and you graduated from there with two degrees. You're like, smart. You're good. Um, but you then I like, no, Maddie, like, is kind of a little bit smart. Like, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of that, though, does stem from my, like, my curiosity for everything and the fact that I just mm-hmm. learn random stuff all the time. Like, me right now I've just been like studying like learning all the blood vessels in the body this week just because like I think it'll be fun um this is what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) but um think about others that are in your situation as well so like I think about where everyone else is coming into med school and like they like most of the other incoming students in my class like all finished you know undergrad fairly recently like most of us had fairly similar majors so learned really similar stuff in undergrad um had similar like research or shadowing experience like what makes me less qualified than anyone else in my class like sure there are going to be the few people that are just like stand out and like have a ton of experience and are just like super knowledgeable but like if you think about the majority of us we're kind of all on like level playing field um and they also are very likely feeling the same way so that's one thing um that has helped me a lot also just like Um, this kind of is jumping to another one on the list but share your feelings with people that you are close to that um, also might be in your same situation Mm -hmm. I remember I would talk to one of my friends in undergrad and be like yeah like I'm just really nervous like I just feel so dumb like I'm just not getting this and where anything that like I felt insecure about he felt really similar about it too or felt something similar about like a different situation where I felt really comfortable in Um, yeah and so like everyone has their own insecurities um if that I guess that's the right word for it um so don't feel like you're the only one that's doubting yourself because you're not yeah yeah no I would definitely agree with all of that (laughs) um yeah and then I think just again like questioning your thoughts like recognizing when it's imposter syndrome and when you actually are lacking in an area and you know assessing okay do I need to individually work my butt off to understand this one thing or is it okay that I don't know it and I'm not a fraud if I don't know it and I can just you know ask questions and get the help that I need I think that's a huge part of it for sure yeah um and then the last one is limit your use of social media which I think this depends on like the accounts that you follow on social media and like what your friends or your who you're following um what they're posting Um, but this just goes back to comparing yourself to others, um, whether it's has anything to do with like your academic achievements or if, you know, sometimes like, I guess a lot of people like find value in like the, like in your appearance, like if you like are feeling insecure about that, being on social media and seeing all of that is not going to help. I'm not saying like, don't use social media because I think most of us do, but like, again, social media is a highlight reel of our lives. So like you're seeing the best of everything Mm -hmm. like say someone gets into like harvard med school like great awesome like but you're also not seeing like the challenges that they went through to get there um or say like you follow like an instagram influencer that you really like and they like post a picture that makes you feel like even more insecure about your body or something like again that's like that's the good shot that's like you know you're you're Mm -hmm. posting the best picture you got like you're not seeing someone like in their everyday like normal state or like even the effort that it took to get there. Um, 
and they I feel like a lot of people make it seem like any of those things like will come really easily to you and like that's not the case you know they don't show the journey they show the end result um so that's something to be aware of too especially when you're using social media or even just talking to people and you have someone who's like super braggy about like all of their accomplishments like oh yeah that's (laughs) where just tune that out if somebody's going on and on about their accomplishments and it's making you feel like you're a phony and shouldn't be there just like tune that out yeah Yeah. it's also I like I always say like anyone who feels like they have to like talk consistently about like all of their accomplishments or like how smart they are blah 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 like they probably have their own insecurities that they're dealing with if that's something that they feel like they need to like advertise to the world yeah Um, yeah so just yeah just be cautious of like making those types of people like let you feel insecure just So now we want to talk about two other things that we're just kind of glad that we're aware of, um, that we've experienced, and just how, again, sort of the knowledge of the fact that these things exist has helped us along the way. And the first is um, the Dunning-Kruger effect. So this is something that I hadn't really learned about until grad school. Um, And then when I learned about it, I was like, this is, this makes so much sense. This is exactly what's happening to me right now. Um, And essentially... I guess, Maddie, do you want to kind of give the synopsis and then I can describe the the image? So basically, it is described by the, it's, okay, I'll read the actual definition. It's a cognitive bias in which people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their lack of ability. Um, so basically, like, when you don't know something that well, but know a little bit about it, you're super confident in your knowledge of it or your ability to do it. Once you get to kind of like a medium level of knowledge or ability, that's when you start to, your confidence in it starts to decrease a little bit because it's like you you know more, but that's also when you begin to realize how much you don't know. And then once you gain even more knowledge is when the confidence level kind of increases again. Yeah. So if you Google Dunning-Kruger, um, you get these little graphs that I think make it super easy to kind of understand the the journey. Um, and on your x-axis, you have your knowledge or like your ability in that field. And then on the y-axis, you have your confidence. So when you have like no knowledge and no confidence, it's just, it says, huh? Like, I don't know what this is. Um, and then as soon as you learn just like the tiniest bit, so your knowledge increases a little, like Maddie said, your confidence just like skyrockets and you think you know everything. And then as you learn more and more and more, you progressively sort of go back down the confidence slope um, and realizing that you don't actually know anything and you just kind of become aware of like how big the gap is in your knowledge. Um, And then as you finally start to learn, and I think a big part of this is actually implementing what you learn, I think that's when your confidence sort of starts to go back up. Um, This was huge start of grad school and I'm sure it will be for med school too um I start like so my group does circuit design and I like have taken circuits classes and was like I kind of know what I'm doing um but just like so immediately fell down that confidence slope of like okay well I don't actually know the tools and I don't know the processes and I can like look at a circuit diagram and understand what's going on but to design anything is like I have no idea what's going on. Um, and it's a pretty big blow initially, I think, to go from like, I just graduated and I have a degree in this field and I know what I'm doing 
to like, wow, I don't know what any of this is. Um, and so I found out about this from a podcast, I think, like two or three months into my grad program and was just like so, so grateful because I was like, this makes so much sense. And even just knowing that this is, again, knowing that this is a thing, knowing that people have like studied it and it's like this recognized pattern that happens to people was just super, super comforting. And I can kind of assess now where I am on that scale as I learn new topics. I would say you can also think about it in like even like more simply like think about when you enter a Wikipedia page of something you've literally never learned about. Um, what I was looking up something the other day. I was looking up like oh the circulatory system of like octopi or like something like that like something random. Um, this is what I get up to at like 3 a.m. Um, but when I, you know, read the first, like, intro paragraph, I'm like, oh, good, I got this. Yeah, like, I'm so good. Like, I totally understand it. And then I keep scrolling, and I'm, like, reading the rest of it, and I'm like, oh, like, there's so much more here that I just, like, ha- like I don't understand at all. Yeah. Um, that's just, like, a simple, like, short-term version of it. Um, I don't, I can't really think of, like, a lot of situations where I've, like, experienced it in the long term. I think that's more so because, like, I think it's one of those things where going into college, like I've always had this kind of drive to just like learn everything and just do a ton of like random, stupid, like whatever learning on my own. So that way, like when I even like first started learning about topics in my classes, I knew that there was a lot more to it that I didn't get. Um, But I think that's also why you see a trend. Like I think I saw it was a funny TikTok and it was like, this kid who is like a freshman in college taking like intro level biology like explaining this like very basic concept to his family at the dinner table and the the joke was that like his mom was a registered nurse and like obviously knew this um but he's explaining it with like such confidence and it's like such a basic thing where it's like okay like you're gonna realize like you know next couple classes you take that there's a lot more to it um but like when you're when you first are learning stuff when you're like in intro level classes it's like oh this is it I know everything um yeah. and then you slowly start to realize how much more there is to it yeah I also have seen this with <laughs> I was sitting in the hall outside of a lecture one time and this guy asked me like what my major was and I told him it was engineering and he was saying that he's studying engineering technology and I think was a year and a half in and I was like in my last semester And he starts explaining to me like the difference in an engineering degree and an engineering technology degree and like the difference in the work you can do. And what he was saying wasn't necessarily wrong. It was just like ignoring this whole like host of other factors into like the types of careers you can have and stuff. Um, And it was just, yeah, it was just another, I think that's what you come across so much, especially in STEM fields is like people who get a little introduction and then think they're really cool and think they know everything. <laughs> yeah. So just, I think in so many ways, it's like helpful to be able to recognize sort of that, like what's going on in those situations. Yeah. That's all we have this episode for you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. If you guys have any other questions for us about how we started to get past our imposter syndrome or how we are still working through getting um, past it, feel free to DM us on Instagram. Um, I also want to shout out Natalie's summer boot camp that she is hosting for engineering students. Um, it is the She Engineered Summer Boot Camp, and you can find the link at her website, 
sheengineered.com or through her Instagram page, which also has her website linked. Um, the program will begin June 7th, so be sure to secure your spot. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, we hope again that this is helpful and definitely um, share this podcast if you like it with your friends and we will chat with y'all next week.